Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Highland Park Baptist Church. The preaching and teaching ministry of Highland Park is led by our pastor, Dr. Jeremy Wallace. Our desire is to help you grow in your faith so that you can better glorify God, make disciples, and love others. To learn more, visit us at hpbc.church. Now, here's this week's message. Luke 24. I told the group Wednesday night that somebody came up to me the other day and said, it's been so good to have some other people preaching. I was like, I'm not sure how to take that. Um, They meant it well, um, but it is good to be back preaching this morning. Luke chapter 24 is where we're focusing our attention. I was sitting in my office one day, and I was messing with this little contraption that had a screw in it, and I needed to get the screw out of it. And so I opened up my drawers and began looking for a screwdriver, and I couldn't find one. I went out into Debbie's office and went through her drawers. I couldn't find one there either. And so I said, I don't know what I'll do. I'll use my key. Y'all ever done that? Use your key as a screwdriver? So I get this thing and I get this key and I put it in there and it's tight. And so I put this key in and I'm turning as hard as I can. What do y'all think happened? It broke. I said, I've got other keys. I didn't learn. I got the second key. I said, it won't happen again. Surely not. Put, put the little thing in there, started trying to turn. What do you think happened? I quit after that. I learned. It didn't take me too long. The problem was is that I was using something for a task that it was not designed for. The key was never designed to be used as a screwdriver. And because I was trying to use it for a purpose for which it was not designed, it fell apart. It didn't work. It broke. See, one of the things I think is happening in many churches and many believers' lives is they are devoting their lives to something for which they were not created. See, the way I want to conclude this missions month this morning with this message is by helping us understand why we have been saved, or you see on the screen, why we have been redeemed. I want us to understand we have been redeemed for a reason. And many of us are using our lives as a key trying to use it as a screwdriver. And when things begin to fall apart and things in our life break, we begin wondering, why is this not working? Why is there all of this pain? Why is there all of this turmoil? And what we have to understand is that we're trying to use our lives for something completely different than God designed. As a believer, you have a plan and a purpose that has been placed on your life. There is a reason you have been redeemed. And I understand that if we went around the room this morning and I were to ask you, why have you been saved? Why have you been redeemed? That most of you would be able to give a good answer. Most of you would be able to say from maybe Ephesians 2.10 that we have been created for good works. You could go to other places that we are to provoke one another to love and to good works. You could, go, you could give some good answers. But I'm not concerned with the answers that you give verbally. I'm concerned with the answers that you demonstrate through your life. Through how you live, do you demonstrate that you understand that you have been redeemed for a reason? Well, what I want to do this morning is help us understand what that reason is. If you have your bulletin on the back, there's an outline, and I'm not going to take very long at all. This is simple. This is nothing new, but this is going to be a reminder for us all that will help us understand why we have been redeemed. I want to build a case that helps us understand God's plan and God's purpose for your life as a believer. If you're a believer in Christ this morning, you need to be reminded of this. I need to be reminded of this. Here's the first thing that we have to understand. We have to understand that Christ's death was necessary. 
Now, we're in Luke chapter 24. I want to begin reading in verse 44, and I'm going to read down through verse 49. I want you to see the context of what is taking place. Then he told them, Jesus, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he also told them, this is what was written, the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day. And repentance for forgiveness and sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And look, I am sending you what my Father promised, referring to the Holy Spirit. And as for you, stay in the city until you are empowered empowered from on high. Notice again verse 46. He said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day. Many translations translate that, would, that, that word would as should. It's the idea that this death of Christ was necessary. The same idea is repeated several other times in this chapter. In verse 10, the Son of Man must be delivered. Verse 26, it was necessary that Christ should suffer. Verse 44, it must be fulfilled. This whole idea is Christ's death was not accidental. The death of Christ was planned. It was part of God's agenda. This was something that God was doing very specifically to accomplish something that no one else maybe even understood. See, what we have to understand is that it was necessary in order for God's redemptive plan to be accomplished. I think we understand this, but without the death of Christ, without the resurrection of Christ, you have no forgiveness of sins. Without the death and resurrection of Christ, we have no redemption. We have no promise of eternal life. We have no hope of a brighter future. It all hinges on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So understand that, beginning. Christ's death was necessary. Now let's build on that. Number two, the cross work of Christ leads to the message of repentance and forgiveness of sins. I know that's a long point, but kind of track with me. The cross work or the work of Christ on the cross leads to the message of repentance and forgiveness of sins. Again, look at verse 46. This is what is written, the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day. Verse 47, and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed. Pause right there. Do you notice what happens? The death of Christ was necessary. What flows from the necessity of Christ's death? That the message of repentance and the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed. See, the message that Christ died has to be communicated so that people understand why Christ died. That's what missions is all about. I mean, we're talking about the thousands of students on college campuses around our city. 20% of the college students around the state of South Carolina are here in the Charleston area. Why do we care about ministry on college campuses? Why do we care about ministry in Mexico? Why do we care about a church planner in Mount Pleasant? Why do we care about Hispanic ministries being started? All of these things that we've talked about this month, why do we care? Because we understand that Christ died and it was necessary in order that people could hear about the message of forgiveness of sins that is available through what Christ has done. This is what missions is. This is why we care, because we know that Christ's death was necessary, and apart from Christ's death, there is no forgiveness. And we are surrounded with thousands of people who need that message. The the work of Christ on the cross leads, it, it, it created this message that Christ wants people to be saved. He wants to forgive their sins. This is all through Scripture. Colossians 1.20 
It says, through him, he reconciled all things to himself. How? By the blood of his cross. Verse 21, you were once alienated and hostile in your minds, doing evil deeds. He reconciled you through his body, his flesh, by his death. Colossians 2.13, and you were dead in trespasses and sins. God made us alive together with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses by canceling our debt by nailing it to the cross. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood. We have the forgiveness of sins. How? It's through his blood. So see, when we talk about forgiveness of sins and we talk about salvation and we talk about eternal life and we talk about the hope of, a, of a tomorrow, the hope of eternity, we have to understand that the way this is possible is directly connected to what Christ has done for us on the cross. When we think about the cross work of Christ, it leads to the message of redemption and forgiveness of sins. Number three, again, we're building a case, so this builds on the previous points. Those who repent and believe the message of Christ are then to proclaim that message to all nations. See it on the screen. Those who repent and believe the message of Christ are to proclaim that message to all nations. Look at verse 47. And repentance for forgiveness of sins would be or should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Notice verse 48. You are witnesses of these things. Those who know the truth have the responsibility to communicate the truth. That is what Christ is saying is to his followers. He's saying, you understand the necessity of my death. You understand how my death leads to the message of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. You are witnesses of these things. Go tell people. You have experienced this. He's looking at his disciples and said, you have followed me. You've heard my teachings, and you have witnessed my miracles, and you have followed me, and you have learned from me. You saw my death on the cross. Because you are witnesses of these things, you have a responsibility to communicate those truths to other people. The message of the cross is to be proclaimed. The message of the resurrection is to be proclaimed. Why? Because it is that message of Christ, the message of the cross, the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that can lead to the repentance and forgiveness of sins. The question is, well, who do we proclaim this message to? Notice what it says in verse 47. What does it say? All nations, beginning in Jerusalem. We proclaim Christ beginning where we are here, and then it flows from here to other places. Here's what this means. We cannot just focus on here, and we cannot just focus on the nations. We have to be committed to all. We have to be committed to college ministry. We have to be committed to partnering with church planters here. We have to be committed to missions around the world. Christ looks at his disciples and says, you are witnesses of these things. Because they were witnesses, they were to proclaim these truths. Now, I want to draw a parallel conclusion here. The disciples were a witness to the cross of Christ. They were a witness to the resurrection of Christ. They understood the implications of the cross. They understood the implications of the resurrection. And so Christ looks at them and says, Since you are a witness, or because you are a witness, proclaim this message to all nations. So what about us? You may say, what? I wasn't a direct witness of the crucifixion. I wasn't a direct witness of the resurrection of Christ. I didn't see that. But we have God's revealed word. We can look and read and understand what Christ did for us on the cross. But even more personal than that, if you are a true believer in Christ this morning, then you have personally experienced the life-changing power of the gospel. 
If you are a believer in Christ this morning, it's not just something you read about in Scripture. It is something that you have experienced personally to where you are dead in your trespasses and sins. But God made you alive. There's been a transformation that has taken place to where you can honestly look and you can honestly say, I am in Christ. I am a new creation. God is doing something in me and through me. You are a witness to the life-changing power of the resurrection of Christ. You are a witness to what Christ can do through his cross and through his resurrection because you have experienced it in your own life. Your life has been changed, and you can look back, and you can see how God is working in you, and he is changing you, and you can look in your family, and some of you have had marriages restored, and some of you have had horrible situations through the power of Christ has been resolved. And you can look back over your life and the the situations that seemed hopeless, Christ provided hope. And in situations where there seemed to be no plausible outcome, Christ worked as only Christ can work. And in situations in your life where you're looking and saying, I have nowhere to turn, Christ showed up. You have experienced the power of the resurrection. You are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm a witness. It's why we've been redeemed. I mean, the title, Redeemed for a Reason. Why have we been redeemed? We have been redeemed so that those of us who are witnesses of these things can then proclaim those things and share those things and demonstrate these truths to other people. It's why we have been redeemed. The reason you have been redeemed is to share the truth of what Christ has done for people on the cross. You were not saved just to have a successful career, you were not saved just to have a comfortable retirement. You are not saved just to have a family. None of those things are wrong. But the reason, the primary reason, the singular reason you were saved is to be witnesses and to communicate these truths to other people. That is why you have been redeemed. You have been redeemed for a reason. And many of us have taken our life like that key. And we're twisting the screws through life, and the key keeps breaking. And we're wondering, what is wrong? And we, we get it out. This is the, one of the replacement keys, actually. We get it out, our life, and we're trying to put it in all these things, and there's so much frustration and pain. And, and we try, and we break a key, and we do what I did, and we say, okay, that one broke. Let me get another one. I'll try this one. And we keep going through life, trying all these things, and we're missing the point. This was never created to be a screwdriver. Your life as a believer, you have been redeemed to be a witness of how Christ can change a life. And many of you are sitting in life and you're trying to twist this thing around and wondering, it's not working. I don't know what to do. I'm going to give up. Understand why you have been redeemed. One of the biggest obstacles to this for many people is They say, I don't feel comfortable talking about Christ. I don't know what to say. What if they ask me a question that I don't know? Well, there's good news. Let me give you the final point this morning. The message of redemption is found in Scripture. You don't have to create a message. You don't have to make something up. You just have to communicate Scripture. Look at verse 44. And he said to them, this 
is what is written. Well, what, what is written? Again, verse 44, he told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Those of you who have been here on Wednesday evenings over the past several weeks, we did a study called Finding Jesus in the Old Testament. And you now have a better understanding that when Jesus says, you can learn about me in the law and the prophets and the Psalms, we went through and we saw how that is true. All of Scripture points to Christ. All of Scripture points us to the person of Christ. Go back up to verse 25. It talks about that we have to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Verse 27, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted the things concerning himself. Jesus is talking with these two individuals. He said, guess what? You can learn about me from the Old Testament. And we know we can learn about Jesus from the New Testament. But what we have to understand this morning is that we don't have to create the message. You know what? I, I have a Joshua, I have a feeling that you meet a lot of college students that know nothing about Christ, know nothing about Scripture. You know what the good news is for Joshua and his team? He didn't have to make up a message to tell them. He didn't have to figure out some message and, and some... All he has to do is say, listen, through the small groups and through their worship services and through the discipleship groups and the coffee meetings, even though you don't like coffee, through all of this, what he is doing is simply meeting with people and saying, let me tell you what Scripture says Christ has done for you. Here's what I want you to walk away with today. Every time you pick up your keys this week, all right, every, every time you pick up your keys this week, I want you to remember, why have I been redeemed? Ask yourself the question, why have I been redeemed? Why have I been saved? Why has God transformed me? And when you pick up your keys, I want you to understand you have been redeemed for a reason. You have been redeemed to be witnesses of what Christ has done for you. I have a feeling if we were to walk around, the vast majority of you this morning are believers in Christ. The vast majority of you have given your life to Christ. But I wonder how many of you are actually living out your purpose I wonder how many of you are actually living as though you understand why you have been redeemed. So this whole missions month, everything that we've been talking about is not just about what other people are doing. It's not just about other church planters, and it's not just about other missionaries. This whole missions month hopefully has helped you understand your responsibility. You've been redeemed for a reason. Are you living out that? You have been redeemed for a purpose. Are you fulfilling that purpose? And I have a feeling this morning, there may be some of you, that if you're looking back over your life, over the past week, the past month, the past year, the past decade, that you're looking back over your life and you, if you're honest, would say, I have not been living as though I understand why I've been redeemed. And God may want you to make some changes this morning. That's the challenge. Let's walk out this morning as believers who stand up and say, I know why I have been redeemed. I know why I've been saved. And then live this week as though we understand that. Will you stand with me this morning? Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have any questions or want to know more about having a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, please contact us online at hpbc.church. Please join us again next week as together we seek to know Christ and make Him known.